0: What's up besties? We are back in the
1: studio. What is going on? How are you? What's going on? Uh, what's happening? I'm good. I'm good. It is, I saw you were at that, DJ. that, uh, video conference in grow Vegas. With I live. was yeah. Grow with video. And I was jealous. Grow, oh yeah. Grow with video live, not grow with live. What am yeah. I, live not? event. Live <laughs> events are back people. Super excited. Grow.
0: You know what? It was actually, so Sean Cannell was the host of it. You and I met him back mm-hmm. in I don't know, years ago, probably yep. since, probably since 2013, I feel like I've been in contact yep. with Sean. Um, funny enough, I actually joined his video challenge because I was kind of, I joined some people's challenges to see how they do it. Cause I was mm-hmm. running Jeremy's with Jeremy's. I was running challenges with a client of mine and I kind of wanted to see how some people were doing theirs. So his challenge leads to a sale as I knew it would. However, I couldn't help myself. I am like, I have to buy it. So good. But one of the reasons I bought the course was because it came with a free ticket to the event and I live in Vegas. So I was like, I'll go. Basically I bought the ticket for the course for the event because I live here. It, it was at a hotel seven minutes from my house. It's like the closest hotel to where we live. So I thought it was a no brainer. Um, one to support Sean thought it was fantastic. After his challenge too, it was so much value. I thought, I should give him my money, but I have to say, and you and I've been to so many events. It was really, really well done. It was one of the best events I've been to. The speakers were amazing. Um, He had Alex Hermosi. We've talked about him on the podcast. Gary V came and Gary nailed it. Um, But it was just cool because I live here. So conferences come here all the time. So it's really easy to, to come to them on uh, the caveat around that is sometimes there's too many things and I can go to them all the time. So I have to, cherry pick, but it was a really good time. And I saw one of your clients there. I saw Mm -hmm. quite a few people that I knew. And again, we've talked about this before for like people in business going to live events is such a game changer. It is something that most people won't do. And I will tell you, I've heard so many things. I've watched a bunch of videos, but there's something about being engaged and just listening and hearing something. Maybe you've heard a million times, but you hear the one thing that you need that will turn the needle. And I think there was at least five different things I heard that were like big ahas for me, just mm-hmm. things that clicked maybe just not even for business, but just me personally, uh, maybe a little thing that would help with clients or future marketing endeavors. So
1: I thought it was fantastic. That's awesome. sounds yeah. like it was a win-win. I know I was jealous, yeah. but it was on a Monday and a Tuesday and Tuesday, my, my, my long call day. So
0: yeah, Monday, Couldn't... Tuesday events are are weird, but It was packed. So people. Well, I
1: think it's probably, uh, they probably get a cheaper venue. So, like, just Mm. so you guys know, I I usually host like seven, I don't know, six, seven, eight events, live events a year. They're small. Typically they're for my mastermind or for my smaller. So usually it's anywhere between like 20 and hundred people. And so it's funny because we're doing an event in October called Boss Up and it's a two day event and it was like going to be like literally $20,000 to rent out a room for a day. And I was like, why is that? It's wedding season. Mm. So we had to do a Thursday, Friday instead of Friday, Saturday or Saturday, Sunday. So it's expensive y'all. Yeah. So no refunds on boss up. If you yeah. pay, you can transfer your ticket, but we need the money to pay for the room. It's a lot Event,
0: Yeah. Hosting events. I will tell you if you're, so we talk about going to events, but hosting yep. events is another level and I totally. think if you host events, it puts you immediately on another tier of totally. expertise. And I think it's something that. Everyone should not everyone, but you should aspire to at some point, if you want to increase your uh, look, looking at a <laughs> increase. You're looking at as an authority, increase how you're perceived as an authority. Sure. And it also helps you meet people. It helps you bring people, but it's a big endeavor. And when I say events, they don't have to be huge. Like my first event I held in Las Vegas at a small little like Fairfield in hotel type of place. And there was like 35 people and it was fantastic. And to literally this week I had someone DM me, there were so many amazing connections made with that small group of 35 women. Like these women are still like besties today. Mm-hmm. And there was a woman from that event who just had a stroke. And so someone reached out to me and told me, and she's like, let's support her. But all these 35 women back in 2012 are supporting this woman 10 years later. And so it's really, so cool. really cool. Like the connections and the lifetime, the lifelong lessons and experiences you can get are like, out of this world, which yeah, has nothing just to do with, with what we're talk- talking I know. about well, it's, today. It's but... also
1: like if you, and this is good because I feel like if you do have, like, if maybe you have a course or something, maybe you have like a mentorship or you're doing something online, you can just, if it's like low risk to just do it as part of the program you know, where it's like, Hey, you know, let me just do it for the people who are to make clients that way, I don't have to go and like sell and like do a whole thing. But I would expect not to, I think my first event, I lost 3,300 bucks. So I don't think that you're going to make necessarily it's a huge profit, but like Danny said, it's definitely an experience, but you're right. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. <laughs> Always a good little two cents. You and I talked, we recorded a couple of days ago. And so I hadn't seen you in a couple of days. I need to know what you were doing.
0: Yeah. We have to catch up here.
1: So, yeah,
0: you got a message. Was this a message or a
1: comment on your picture? It was a comment. And I, you know, this is a great, as you guys know, like, I am so interested in just, I feel like social media is such an amazing, like, source of, I hate to say, like, market research, but like, in a way, to understand where people are coming from. And I got this comment a while, like, I don't know, maybe a week ago or so, posted a picture of myself in a bikini on social media and talking about lifting weights and building muscle and stuff like that. And I got this comment from a gal and I wanted to read it here and get Danny's take on it and maybe chat about it because I think this is definitely probably not specific to just her. So she responded at Jill Coleman. She said, you're lovely and I like your messages but your body is unattainable for most of us. Each time I see your pictures, I get triggered because you are so gorgeous and your body's spectacular. I wish I could be more gracious, but I never in a million years, I will never in a million years look like you. And every picture you post, you're just so beautiful. I've been weight training since 2014 and dieting since I was six. And I've never come close, even at my fittest to looking a quarter as good as you. And I was really saddened by this comment. You know, this is from a woman who's our age, you know, and, had a lot of thoughts on this and it also brought me back to, you know, sometimes in my twenties when I was trying to fitness model and do competitions where I would really covet other people's bodies and be so upset that I couldn't look like that. And I felt like I was doing quote unquote everything, right. I was in the magazines, I was following their meal plans. I was doing their programs. And I remember just being so sad and frustrated that I would never look like mm-hmm. them. And it wasn't until I got right with like, okay, that's actually impossible <laughs> for me to yeah. look like this person. And, you know, there's so many things that go into it, but I hate this because number one, I'll just be super honest. Like I'm not posting shitty photos on social. Like I'm never going to post, you know, a picture that Keith takes of me, a candid while like laying on the couch, with, like a triple chin. I mean, maybe every once in a while, but I'm going to put like a picture where I look like muscular and fit in a bikini on social media. And I hate that, you know, she said she was triggered and I get that, but I'm like, everywhere we look, there's quote unquote, beautiful bodies, fit bodies, muscular bodies, tone bodies, go to your local grocery store, look at the magazine rack. So how can we manage our own mm. sensitivities and our own insecurities when we see some of this stuff? And by the way, I don't have the, the, the imperfect body. I just have my body. And I think once I yeah. like fully you know, came into like, let me just see what I can do with my genetics and my upbringing, my personal preferences and, you know, psychological sensitivities and metabolism and all those things. I think then you can come into the best version of yourself, but I wanted to hear your take on something like this.
0: Well, upon first hearing it, it just made me really sad. Like I wanted to just find this person and give give him a big hug. Totally. Because it's one of those things where you just, you can't, and it's one, it's not your fault, right? It almost feels like she's putting it on you, but she's not, I think she's just sharing how deeply she
1: hurts about this topic. Yeah. I didn't take it personally at all. Yeah.
0: And it's, um, it's interesting though, because sometimes that the, the comment does affect the person posting. So I remember there was a time when somebody made some comment about my abs and I was showing them. And so I was like, I'm just going to wear tank tops. It's funny because I've, I genetically have very like lean abs. So getting a six pack is pretty easy for me. Even when I'm eating shitty and gaining weight, I still have a pretty, I always have a flat stomach. I hate to say that, but, and it's even, I at least have a two pack, even when I'm like less in shape. Right. And that's just so genetic. And I, (laughs) I've had people say to me, if I had your stomach, I would go around with no shirt all the time and show off. And then I'd have people say like, put your shirt on. You're making me jealous. You're making me feel bad. And so it's like, I can't win being me. I can't win with the shirt on. I can't win with the shirt off. For the most part, I'm wearing a damn shirt. But I think what's important to realize is obviously there's genetic components. So I remember the same thing, as you said, looking in these magazines and trying to follow what they're doing and not getting the same results and just really wishing I looked or was different. Right. And there's things that we can do. Like i looked at these women with these boobs and I didn't have those. So I went and bought boobs because (laughs) all of the girls in that were winning these fitness competitions in the magazines had implants. So I'm like, I guess in order to win, I need implants to like match that aesthetic. And so it makes me sad even for myself doing that because to go to an extreme, to cut your body open, to place some foreign objects in there, just to try to reach a certain aesthetic you unless you deal with your own insecurities and, and how you feel about yourself, that's still not going to fix it. Right. So my first thought is just like, compassion and a big hug. Second is that there's nothing wrong with you, Jill. And I know you know this, but I'm just saying this to the audience who may also feel like I'm in really good shape and I have a really good body and people make, you know, make me feel bad about it. Cause some of you listening also maybe have a fucking amazing body and like, you feel like you have to cover up and that's their insecurities is not for you to worry about either. So I, I remember, um, when I first started dating my husband, most of his friends were, uh, married with children and their moms. And I remember going to a pool and this was in middle of competition season. So I'm with these moms who have three and four-year-olds. So their bodies aren't like all the way back yet. They're like toddlers here. And I've got a figure competition body and we're at the pool. And I was so, um, I don't want to say insecure, but I w- I felt like everyone was staring at me because I was so ripped and I got so many questions. And then I almost felt like the women were pissed because their husbands might be looking at me. So I was really, really feeling so- some sort of way about being too fit. Mm -hmm. and it made me realize that my body could trigger somebody and it could make people feel some sort of way. And it wasn't always a good thing. I thought that most people and like on the online space in my circles, everyone's like, Oh, it's so inspirational. I can't believe you're in good shape, but there's other people that are like, I ain't going to look like that. I've had five kids. I've had one kid, your body is going to change. And there's so many people that we can follow. And there's so many amazing influencers out there who are sharing their bodies that aren't the same as Jill's and they are beautiful. So to say that you're never going to get as beautiful as Jill, Jill is just beautiful in her way, but follow someone like, uh, the bird's papaya. She's got stretch marks. She shows them all over her loose skin and she is gorgeous. But her body is gorgeous. Also in her own way, her face is like, I will never be as pretty as that girl's face. Like she just has flawless skin, amazing hair. Like she's just stunning. And so we all have something different that can be considered beautiful. Like some people just have amazing fucking teeth. I'm like, how'd you get teeth like that? I wish like <laughs> I could have like straight white teeth. Mine are like yellow and they're starting to get crooked again, even after I braces. So I think it's just really important to find the beauty in ourselves not compared to what we can't do. Cause you literally can't like genetics or genetics. I can't wish my skin to be darker than it is a black person. Can't wish their skin to be lighter than it is. Like we can try different things. I can go tanning and then I'm going to get burned in skin cancer. Um, you know, there's maybe some things we can do slightly, but we're not going to be able to change our DNA. And so we have to do the best with what we can. So this person who said they were dieting since they were six years old, that broke my heart because who in your life, made you think at six years old, you already weren't good enough. Mm. And so that's why this comment is so sad because this isn't about Jill, this is about your whole life. Somebody has made you feel not good enough. And then you've seen outside over and over and over, you're finding people who continue to make you feel not good enough. So I would encourage you, this person. And when I say this person, I mean any of you who are feeling this way, not just this commenter, because I know she's not the only one feeling like this, but to find people who do make you feel good enough. Stop, you know, we used to call it pain shopping, like when you're looking for ways to feel bad,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're finding people who you literally can't attain. Like it, it's, it's like you are literally looking for things you can't do so why are you doing that to yourself mm-hmm. so i'm not saying unfollow jill you either have to just accept that she's beautiful for her and sh- there's people who are going to have great bodies and that's just not your lane um there's people that are way f- i w- i think i'm funny but there's people who are way funnier than me that i'm like so jealous to how funny they are there's people who are really good writers i think i'm a decent writer but i wish i could be a better writer there's so many things that I wish I could be better, and I'll read their stuff and look at their artwork. I'm like, God, I can never do that. But I'm not constantly going down those lanes and making myself feel bad mm-hmm. because I want that.
1: Yeah, so- I mean, I think there. I think if she, I think if someone needs to unfollow, they should. But they should also look at why. Like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always like, Hey, man, if it's triggering for you, for sure, unfollow. You're in charge of what you uh, consume. I also want to validate that this aesthetic isn't it's a personal preference, right? So you think about it, you know, you look at, you know, someone who's more muscular, like myself, it's like, that's not actually most people, it's like, not most, but like a lot of people would be like, I don't want that body, right? Like it's too much, Mm -hmm. it's too much, it's too muscular. So it also is such a personal preference. I think, you know, aesthetics are a personal preference. I remember when I was in my early twenties, I would read like fitness magazine and shape magazine. If you remember those, I don't know if they're still around, but And they always had these like really skinny models on the cover, right? But they were like quote unquote toned. like the lighting was great and I don't know, whatever. And I remember they were like supermodels. Like they would, what you would see in like, you know, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. And I remember coveting those bodies, but these were like, I had this moment. I was actually, I don't know if I told the story before. I was actually like a week out from a show and I was in New York city and I was meeting with a modeling agency there. And I was a week out from a figure competition. So I was super lean. And I pulled up to just do a consult to maybe sign with this agency in New York. And he was like, I walk in and this guy, I don't know. Do you remember Adam Silva, silver, silver modeling management? I don't know. Like there's yeah. a lot of people with him. Yeah. I walk in and he was like, Hey, actually I need you to go on a ghosty right now. Like literally I walked in. I wasn't even, I hadn't even signed with them. But he's like, I really want you to go to this thing. It was a fitness. It was with fitness magazine. So like now we're coming full circle. I looked at those cover models and they were so like beautiful and lean and then I went to fitness magazine. If you guys know what the aesthetic is there, it's tall, skinny, you know, with like big boobs or whatever, right? Like beautiful bodies. But I walk in and I'm shredded, like muscular shredded. I remember walking by some of the other models in the studio, in the office, and they were like one. And like, just like long flowing hair and so slim bodies. And I was like, I'm not going to get this job now. Why am I here? (laughs) It's just like (laughs) a weird feeling. But over time, the aesthetic that I liked changed too, right? Like I didn't really love that like super skinny look anymore, right? I didn't love like the thigh gap look. I actually liked a more muscular look to the point where I was like, yeah, this is my aesthetic. I want to see some veins in my midsection. Like you just, your aesthetic evolved. So I think it's a mistake to think that there's one perfect coveted physique there just isn't right it's just whatever it is that you want that you like right and even if you like it I remember I had this moment so the reason the the reason I want to have this conversation is because I my I was very much like this woman who commented uh for most of my 20s I would like oh do you remember like uh what's her name Jelena had those abs yes. and then like so-and-so had the best legs and then so-and-so yes. had the best shoulders. And like, you would just be like, Ooh, if I could just have those shoulders, those yeah. legs, those abs, those lats, like that's not how it works, right? Yeah. Like you could just pick what body part you want. You think you can actually like, well, I could lift and I can, I can eat the but what happened was I remember this is when Jamie Eason, we've had her on the podcast. She's amazing. And, and she's gorgeous. And she was in her like, Hey, of fitness modeling. If you guys have not listened to that episode, make sure maybe we can link it, Courtney, and you guys can listen to it. Cause I think we talked about her coming up in the space and she had such a different look. We talked about this. She had this short, like little blonde Bob at the time, mm-hmm. like everyone was in extensions and these long hair and she was five, two, and she had like these beautiful cap shoulders and just like this cute little body. And she was like on top of it. She was like, so sweet. She was like beautiful and sweet and whatever. And I remember looking at all these things. And I remember just thinking like, Oh, I just want to look like that. I would just look at her body and go, I want to look like that. And then I just started laughing. This one time is like this moment I started laughing and I was like, this chick is five too. I have five two. I'm seven. I might as well be asking to lose five inches of height. Like, cause that's how likely yeah. I am to get her body. Like yeah. that's how likely it is. For all of this like coveting and wishing and hoping and whatever, I'm like, it's never gonna fucking happen. I got these Coleman thighs, I got these, you know, Coleman shoulders, I got these huge calves. Like I'm just I'm gonna have whatever body I have. Yeah. And so I think once you get right with, I wanna, I wanna love my body through all of its ups and downs. I want to, you know, feel. I want to feel good about the exercise and the eating I'm doing, whatever that looks like. And then my body's just going to look like whatever it's going to look like based on those yeah. things. Yeah, And that will just be what it is. Yeah. But the idea that I'm ever going to look like someone else or that they could look like me, it's just like, that's not possible. So I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to, can you get right with what you have? genetically, yeah. even like, you know, you talk about having your abs and stuff you did, you were starting to, you did gymnastics. naps because you were five years old, yeah. you know? So it's all these early childhood inputs, all this. I mean, I think really I grew my thighs because I was sprinting. I was around the neighborhood, like all the time with the boys when I was like five, six, seven years old. And I remember hating my legs. Like they were always double the size of everyone, all the other kids. And so for someone to be like, you have the perfect body after I spent 35 plus years of my life hating my legs is like such a surreal experience you know Mm. so it just goes to show so much of this is subjective at the end of the day I think the only thing that we can do from like a misery prevention standpoint is like is really just embrace what we have
0: oh my god so true so true Hey, besties. We want to let you know about the happiness diet. The happiness diet is a program created just for people like you, people who want to be more confident, have more compassion for yourself, get some clarity around your purpose and have some more belief in yourself. If you find yourself struggling, stuck, just in a weird spot or transition in your life, Jill and I created this program just for you. Um, go over to the It is a life-changing program. There's so much content in here. I, we should we should charge triple, quadruple amount for it, but we want you to have it. We want to help you get out of your own way. So check it out right now thehappinessdiet.com. It's so interesting because one, I think body trends have changed. You know, there was like a totally. heroin, chic, skinny look, but you're so right. I hated my legs so much. I stopped. I wore pants from the time I was 14 until about 35 because I would get comments about my calves all the time and I, I didn't realize back then that they weren't necessarily bad comments but people go oh my god your calves are so big and to me that comment meant they're fat they're bad they're something so and I had people go like are you a soccer player why are your calves so big so I was so self-conscious about my calves. I stopped wearing shorts. And it's so ironic because I did a Ted talk last year and on the YouTube channel comments on that video, all the comment, not all the comments, but the comments that aren't about my message are about my legs. Like, wow, she has amazing legs. And it's like, it is such a, like, what the hell? These are the legs I hated growing up. And now people are complimenting me and I'm taking it. And maybe back then there were compliments too. The big was just like, wow, that's impressive. But I took it as wow. That's gross or terrible. And It is so, it is so, so subjective. And I I also find this ironic because just last week you, you started launching a program. Someone emailed you and said, Hey, Jill, I don't want to look like you. And (laughs) that within the same week, someone's saying you have the perfect body. So it just, that goes to show you how subjective it is. So the main thing is, is that our body, like the one we live in really has nothing to do with anyone else. And so it's my body isn't here to make you feel bad about yours. Jill's body isn't here to make me feel bad about mine or anyone else's. Your body is not for, for us to feel bad about ourselves because we're not you either. So we have to own our unique, our unique DNA, our body type, where we live, where we grew up, our background in athletics or non-athletics, maybe you were really overweight and you lost. Like I had so many clients that were 300 pounds plus and lost hundred pounds, like, Holy shit. What a body transformation, but their skin is not going to be tight. Like someone who didn't ha- have a lot of stretch marks and weight gain before. So they're not going to have that like really tight skin that they wanted, but Holy crap, they lost 120, 150 pounds. So we have to look at those things and go, what can I control? What can I not control? And then how can I accept the rest? And also how can I not buy into the narrative that I'm not good enough? And how can I like look at myself and go, I am good enough. Like my body's my body. What does it do for me? Like helps me And this coming from a person who I was paralyzed and it gave me a lot of um, gratitude for fucking walking. And some of those things that I used to worry about, maybe stop worrying about them. I'm like, my body isn't just for looks. It's also functional. Like just imagine tomorrow you can't get out of bed anymore. Just imagine like, you know, the lady I talked about earlier who had a stroke, her whole right arm isn't working. Imagine you're right-handed and your right arm doesn't work anymore. And you have no function. You're not so worried about like how, but great your body looks in a bikini. You just want to be able to brush your teeth and brush your hair and do all the normal things in your life. So especially as we're getting older, because our bodies aren't going to get better looking, you know, I don't want to say statistically, but we're going to probably all agree that it's not getting better looking. Like our skin's going to sag more. We're going to get, you know, less flexible. And a lot of these things we can try to do our best, but we're going to have to find more and more acceptance and really, really be grateful for what it can do and not how it looks. Cause we're not just here to be an ornament or like a Christmas tree to hang an ornament on. We're here to like, show our purpose and do something in the world. So I don't know, there's gotta just be some healing that needs to be done, you know, working with a therapist through some of this stuff, obviously from six years old, it's a lot of programming and programming that needs to be undone, but just have so much compassion for yourself. And, you know, I would also maybe hint at sometimes we are projecting and trying to chase the body stuff because we're avoiding other things that are going Mm on. So looking at like, why am I spending time being triggered by Jill's body or some supermodel's body or anyone else's? What am I avoiding doing that I could be doing with that time? You
1: know? Yep. No, it's so true. And like, that's the thing is I always look at, you know, these fit, muscular, toned, tan bodies aren't going anywhere. You know, like that's the thing is like, you know, the social media is so accessible and you, like I said, the covers of magazines or whatever, like, you know, it is quote unquote, the highlight reel, they're not going anywhere. So it's really, it's even more important that we get right with ourselves. It's even more important. And you said the magic word, which is like, show ourselves grace and and acceptance and really love up on what we do have. And to me, that's why I love the gym so much, you know, to me, I'm never going to look like Jamie Easton or going to have her, her body type or her, you know, bone structure or anything like that, or whatever other fitness model but I can certainly go and I have a say in how my own genetics end up looking as a result of do I lift, right? Do I sleep? Do I give it healthy food? Am I eating vegetables? Like there's a lot of things that we can do but the end of all of those action steps, we have to just be like, this is it. This is what it is. Even as we get older, and I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I think we have a whole other set of challenges as we get older. I've, I don't know about you, but I've definitely had to get right with acceptance. You know, you and I used to joke when we lived in L.A., we're like, well, you know, in our 20s, we might have been like, we, you know, obviously we're, we're joking, but like a 9 or a 10. We're like, whenever going can be a 9 or a 10 when there's 25-year-olds. Just not going to yeah. happen, right? We just like statistically cannot be anymore but it's, it's a joke, obviously, but it doesn't mean that we're not beautiful in our own way as we get older, especially and like, you know, all of those things, it's not to say that you're worthy because you're fit or you're worthy Mm -hmm. because you're young or you're worthy because you go to the gym five times a week or whatever. None of that, none of that fucking matters. What matters is what feels good to you. So like, even now I don't have a physique goal. I don't know if you do, but like, I'm not trying to like change my body. I'm not trying to get Thinner. I'm not trying to lose body fat. I'm literally trying to just feel good. I'm literally trying to feel like I want to have energy and I want to feel athletic, which makes me feel powerful. I want to be able to lift weights, which makes me feel powerful. For someone else, it's doing yoga five times a day. For other someone else is doing Zumba classes five days a week, right? It doesn't have to be my version of feeling powerful. You have to find what helps you feel powerful in your body, whatever that is. And so I don't know. I think at the end of the day, it's so hard. It's like comparing apples to oranges. It's going, I'm going to do what I deem appropriate for me to feel good for me. And if I don't feel good, then what else can I do to feel good? Is it part, it's partly mindset probably. And it's partly finding something that you, like you mentioned, it's not about the aesthetic necessarily. It's about doing something that you feel engaged in, that you enjoy doing, that there's something for you there. Like for me, the gym is my therapy. I know it's not a popular thing to say, like, yes, I also want to go to regular therapy, but that is how it is for me. And so finding what that it looks like for you and then making peace with it. And I'm so glad you brought up the aging shit because that is a total mind fuck. And every day it's like, there's a new wrinkle. There's a new, like, you know, uh, loose piece of skin Oh, my stomach pulls in a different way that it never has. And I just go, okay, that's because I'm fucking 40. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to get better. And let, I'm not going to start doing some, you know, cellulite creams or some shit. I'm just going to be like, this is my, this is my 40 year old body. Yeah. And I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to love on myself. I'm going to sleep and I'm going to call it a day. Cause that's what it is. Yeah. I saw this
0: woman on TikTok or reels or something the other day, she was 96 and she was gorgeous, but tons of loose neck skin, like white hair. She's gorgeous for her age, but she still looks like there's still that she can't get rid of that stuff. Like it's just it's there. So there's going to be things we can't change. Like if you had a baby and you have like really bad stretch marks and loose skin, there's not a lot you can do about it. So self-acceptance is, I think the first step to self-love. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we've talked about this maybe, um, with, with maybe Sierra, one of our episodes, I'm not really sure. but I know I've talked about it before, but some, I mentioned once before that sometimes you have to start with self-meh kind of like You just don't care about it anymore before you even get to acceptance and before you get to love. So I know that there are so many things about preaching self-love, self-love it's hard to love yourself when you've hated yourself for so long. So I think sometimes the first step is just going, eh, okay. My body's like, meh."
1: Well, it's not subjective by the way. And I want to say that too, because I don't know about you, but like when I was 12% body fat, I still thought I was, I still didn't like my body. Yeah. You know, I think people say, well, it's easy for you guys because you're fit. So of course it's easy to accept your body when you're fit, Yeah. But I was a lot fitter than I am now. And I didn't like my body, you know? So it's not, it's, I mean, I guess I could understand why, but it's, it's still subjective. You can, it's a choice away.
0: And You know what else? I think there's something we can do that is really, really weird, but I've seen it. So I've looked at pictures of my old self, my teenage self, my twenties. I think I look better today than then. And I think that it's not because of anything except confidence and self-love. And I think the more you are confident, the better you look and the better you show up. And it's very weird, but I've seen it for a lot of people who just, they keep getting better with age and it's like happiness. I, maybe that's the word it's like happiness and confidence. And I don't know, there's something about when you're truly happy that radiates from the inside that you just have a different energy about you. You just totally. look, you just look better. You look more beautiful. Totally. And that's not like a magazine type, beautiful or perfect, beautiful. Like you just look genuinely beautiful. And even if you're like objectively not the most attractive person, I agree.
1: It's an energy I love thing. It. It's awesome. This is a good conversation. I'm glad we had this because, you know, it's, I feel like it's so multifaceted and I feel like part of it is really, I mean, a big part of it is really just your mindset and really just having the, um, the context for understanding, like. What is possible for you? What do you even want to do, by the way? You know, that's the thing too, is, you know, it's easy for us to look at these fitness models on cover of magazines. Danny and I lived that lifestyle for a while. No fucking way I would want to do that lifestyle again. Mm -hmm. I've seen my body look fit 12% body fat, 20 pounds less. There's no fucking way you could pay me enough money to do that routine ever again. Mm -hmm. So even if the routine, quote unquote, the perfect routine existed for you, would you even want to do it actually, yeah. right? What yeah. is it taking away from you? So I think it's important to ask these questions, but at the end of the day, I don't know there's any way of getting around the fact that like we have to get right with what we have. We have to get yeah. right with what we were given. We have to get right with like what our genetics look like. You know, I mean, you, you know, my entire family, we've all the exact same body. It was big ass shoulders, big quads, big calves, like big, like literally big bones. Like, I mean, it's so funny. I got this, I got this shirt the other day and it's a halter. And it's a high neck halter and there are snaps on the back. Dude, I can't even snap it on my neck. My (laughs) neck is so fucking thick. I was like, is this a woman's medium? I cannot even fit it. I'll give it to you. (laughs) I am like, have the thickest neck. I'm like, no fucking way. So it's like, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's so subjective. And I do think these are some important questions to ask. And I just... I really feel for that comment and not necessarily like in a pitying way. I'm just like, I think this is really common. I think this is really common. It's not just this one gal. I think a lot of us have that. And if we don't have this, like Danny said, we have it about something else. I definitely Mm -hmm. get jealous over people's writing abilities or stuff like that, where I'm just like, God, they're so fucking good. Or I wish I, I wish I wrote that, or I wish I came up with that or, you know, so I think You know, it might be body, it could be career success, it could be relationship. I mean, how many like really just go on Instagram and do hashtag relationship goals? How many people are out there coveting someone else's quote unquote perfect relationship? And I think if you look under the hood, it's probably not perfect. I mean, I don't think that exists. Perfect body doesn't exist, right? Perfect relationship doesn't exist. Perfect perfect business doesn't exist. So I think it's important to remain just aware of all of the moving parts. At the end of the day, you have to look at and be appreciative of what you have mm, so hard.
0: Yep. Well, this is so good. And I know, like you said, this is not just for that comment. This is for all, this is for all of us. This all is a us. great conversation. Yep. And so that comment could have been anyone in since people's head, so. Totally. Anyway, love to hear thoughts on it. Um, yeah. Can't wait to hear. Yeah. If like you guys um,
1: found some usefulness in this conversation, we would love if you shared it with your friends. If you guys take a screenshot of the, of the, we actually got a couple new reviews lately. I don't know if you've looked. Oh, um, no. We have gotten a couple new reviews, but if you guys, uh, we always, always love when you guys share our episodes and we will always regram you um, on Insta. So make sure if you love this episode, screenshot it, share it to your Instagram stories, tag us and tell your people to come and listen to the best life. We know that sometimes we're a little raw. Sometimes we're a little, I don't know. I was listening to the episode. I forget what episode it was last week. Um, I don't know, but it was one where we basically said that we're not experts, but (laughs) it's also, it's a girlfriend's podcast. So if you like these kind of conversations and you have other girlfriends who you think would appreciate them, we would always appreciate those that love. And we appreciate you guys for your time and attention as usual. And we'll see you on the next episode. See ya. All right, bye guys.